Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two aspiring sports journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and with me is my wonderful co-host, Nathan Lannon. And Nate, it's been a little while since we recorded one of these episodes due to a COVID outbreak on our college campus, but I'm very excited to get back into this. Yeah, me too. I am excited to be recording again, especially with all that's happened in the, in the league this week. And the Mets are down 7-2 to to the freaking Rockies, but that's okay. I'm excited to record. And that's right, but before we can get into our league recap or what we are going to talk about today, I do want to mention that we are looking for sponsors. If you do want to get an ad read for your business, email the2seampod at gmail.com or direct message the2seampod on Twitter. Um, but yeah, we're going to be here and we're, we want to make this a kind of maybe an extended episode on what has happened in the league since we've been out of recording and out of the booth in general and one of the major things that um and we're going to talk about a lot of things but one of the major events that has happened is two historical moments in the mlb which are the two no hitters that happened in a span of a week yeah uh rodone on the white Sox and then musgrove with the padres it's incredible i can't believe we've had two no hitters this early into the season this is nuts oh it's exciting especially when i mean I feel like more than ever, the game is so offensive. Yeah. And, and not see this coming. Yeah, I definitely didn't <laughs> see it coming. And yeah. I think I want to talk about Joe Musgrove first, as it did happen first in the league. Yeah. Uh, versus the Texas Rangers. It was uh, the first no-hitter in Padres history, the 52 years of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. I mean, Joe Musgrove, uh, new acquisition for that team, and comes in there and pitches a no-hitter. Uh, I mean, if I was a if I was a Padres fan, I'd be ecstatic about that. Oh yeah, the Padres look fantastic so far. I th- and I think this this the no hitter is the exclamation point to the Padres entrance as World Series contenders into the league. I also think uh, side note, I saw this tweet that was like, "This is the this is going to be the highlight of the season for the Pirates by proxy because they traded Musgrove." just this offseason and now he's got a no-hitter the pirates love to trade their good players (laughs) they love to trade uh their prospects especially in their pitching but you know it is interesting uh he is a san diego kid Mm -hmm. so i imagine for him it was an amazing experience to be able to pitch in front of his hometown crowd yeah and he's been good in just general i think he's at this point two and oh on the season with a less than one era on the season awesome uh the padres have been looking good uh, and we are going to talk about the Padres a little later, but I do want to talk about Carlos Rodon and his his no hitter that he had mm, in, uh, in the toe hitter. Yeah, in the south in the <laughs> south side of the Chicago, um, the toe hitter. And the reason that it is deemed the toe hitter is because in going into the ninth inning, going for the final outs, he hit yeah. the batter that was standing in the right-handed batter's box, um, right in the toe, and that broke up his perfect game. How do you think he felt? I mean, I'm sure he felt great after, you know, he finished the no-hitter. I I mean, that's got to be, like, an awesome feeling. But at the same time, how much salt is there in the fact that, like, he, like, grazing a batter on the toe broke up their perfect, broke up his perfect game? Like, how, like, how, how does that feel? He went over 100 and, (laughs) he went over 100 plus pitches, 110 plus pitches. So, I mean, you got to imagine his arm is tired. And there's still this euphoric feeling no matter what after you finish a full game shutout. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure that feeling that when he lost the no-hitter 
he wanted to get back on that mountain and just finish out the rest of the game right. and kind of move past that. The perfect game, yes. There's only been mm. what twenty seven, some some like absurdly low number, yeah, of perfect games. But you know, it, it's it's been it's exciting to see no hitters, regardless. And I'm sure he felt and I'm sure he felt amazing after finishing that game. Yeah, it would have been the twenty fourth uh, perfect ah, 24, game. Twenty fourth perfect. It would have been the twenty fourth perfect game in MLB history had it been maintained. Also, the third perfect game, or the fourth perfect game, sorry, in White Sox history. Oh, yeah. I mean, the White Sox in the past two years now, the two seasons, have yeah. pitched two no-hitters. That is their 20th no-hitter in their the history of their franchise. Mm. So, obviously, you know, being around for a bit, they also have a lot of history in the pitching yeah. department. It's also it, it's also fun to juxtapose that with the Padres, who Musgrove was their very first, first. no-hitter in franchise history. Yeah, that is pretty interesting, and... <clears throat> And there's been a, that White Sox team is insane. I think they're still going to be really good. Currently, yeah. they have a losing record right now. They'll be fine. You know, they are my World Series I mean, pick. Yeah, they also they do also have the Red Sox, the red hot Red Sox coming up this weekend. But I, I think they'll I, I think they'll be okay. They just need to get out of this opening stretch. Yes, and I think that the perfect segue to the next part of the MLB that we want to cover is we want to talk about. The teams that are hot and the teams that are not. <laughs> and, man, there's a lot of things that are really crazy about this MLB season yeah, to start I mean, off. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, if you want to talk about the Sox oh, first, I mean, uh, I think we could. Sure, yeah. Because now that they're facing the White Sox, it is a bigger challenge for them. But the Red Sox started their season 0-3 and then followed that up by winning the next nine straight games. Was it our fault? I think it was all our <laughs> it fault. It wasn't our fault. Because we went to that one horrid series against the Orioles. And as soon... Like, they lo- dropped those first three games. And they've lost once since. To Maybe. The twins the other it could have been all our fault. But I think yeah. the main point about that is that the team's starting pitching has <laughs> less than a four ERA. They have, an, a, they have a great ERA um, as a team right now. And that the pitching is was the main worry going into mm. the season. And they're performing, and that's what's helping the Red Sox win games. Yeah, they they have been. I think they've been like the one of the bigger bigger surprises of the AL so far. I I mean, it's not like they are as uh, bad on paper as they were last season. The Red Sox pitching staff, but I didn't expect them to make this jump so quickly at all. No, 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 absolutely not. I mean, I as a Red Sox fan. It was, it's, I'm ecstatic, right? <laughs> but I'm like also sitting there like, all right, how long is this going to last? Like when before? is the other shoe going to drop? Right? <laughs> when, when does it, when is it going to end and I can go back to being like, well, this is the Red Sox I expected <laughs> to go into the season. With. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting because it's not like they've had a ton of, it's not like they've kept up this momentum against a ton of bad opponents. I mean, at least theoretically, like they've had two series against the Orioles, but at the same time. They, they've, I mean, their most recent series was against the Twins, and they swept the Rays. They beat the Twins 2-1 to one in the series, and they took a game off the White Sox yesterday. Yeah, and the game against the Twins actually, you know, it, was, today, a, it was a close game throughout the entirety of that, of that game four of that series. And, I mean, it was exciting to watch for sure. Honestly, I thought that was when the streak was going to end during that mm. series anyways. Uh, we won the series. And that's the most. <laughs> that's what I'm happy with yeah. most because the Bomba Squad is not easy target to beat. Oh no, definitely not. But talking about a team that hits a lot of home runs and a stadium where you can hit a lot of home runs, <laughs> uh, the Yankees. <laughs> What's going on over there in New York? <laughs> oh man, it's always fun to relish in their failure. It's the division. The whole division's <laughs> like 
you know I'm right. You enjoy it. Don't don't laugh at me. But um, you but you know it's like topsy the whole division's like topsy turvy. It's almost the opposite of how I think we thought it would pan out because the Yankees are in sole possession of last place in the AL East, and while the Orioles being towards the bottom is a bit predictable, I d- I don't think anyone would have had the Red Sox like in pretty clear possession of the top spot in the East. Not to mention they're the only team. Not only do the Red Sox have the best record in the AL. They're the only team in the AL East above 500 currently. I, I think the Rays are improving a little bit in the in this past stretch, but beyond that, it's really interesting that they're the only team above 500. Here's the thing: I think that everything that we talk about on this podcast, the opposite starts to happen. <laughs> so I think that now that yeah. we're talking about the Yankees losing, they're going to start winning it all out, and the Red Sox <laughs> are going to drop games. Yeah, because. We talked about the Mariners not being too great. I mean, we didn't say they were going to be last in their division, but if we're on the um, topic of the American League right now, those Mariners are winning the division up to the date of the recording of this podcast. Yeah, they've heard me. They they must have heard what I've been saying because they are they look good so far. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. I don't I don't think anyone like it's 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 the same thing. It's I don't know if the momentum is as sustainable with the Mariners as it is for a team like the Red Sox, just because they don't really have anything that's super established besides Kyle Lewis, who I think is worth adding hasn't made a season debut yet. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 K. Lou is is a great player, and I don't I don't even know where it's coming from. It's yeah. it's it's ins- it's. I haven't watched enough Mariners baseball. Neither to be have honest. I. I don't. I don't usually watch Mariners games. Like I'm. Like I. I if it's on, I'll look at it. But, but we know. both know that the Mariners started their season thirteen and two once, and, <laughs> and missed the playoffs. And missed the playoffs, <laughs> and I think finished last. Yeah, in their they division. finished. Yeah. So kings of, of collapse. You know, you could talk about the beginning of season all you want, but I mean, it's a marathon in baseball, and just because you win the first ten minutes doesn't mean that you're gonna win the whole thing. Oh, exactly. I remember 2018. I I think it was 2018. The Mets started 13 and one and went on to miss the playoffs, which is just classic, you know. But because that's the Mets, and that is what uh, (laughs) what they do over there. That's what they do. Um, But another team that when we were covering the first opening weekend uh, was doing really bad in the same division was (laughs) the Athletics. Oh yeah, they the Athletics have uh, been on a seven. They've been hot. They've been on a seven game winning streak after starting one and seven. I right. What That's... what do you what was the spark for them? What was the spark for the Athletics just being like, oh okay, we're we're serious now. We're gonna play baseball. Well, the secret for those uh, Athletics might come from a very familiar face, <laughs> um, uh, Jed Lowry and Matt Olson. The hitting has really stepped up uh, in in what they weren't doing before. Just well enough so they can win ball games, in my opinion. They haven't really been crushing opponents, but they're kind of. I mean, they kinda... crushed the Tigers today. They did, they did, yeah. but I, I don't. See... None of their, none of the bats are really impressive to me, like Jed Lowry, though. <laughs> so you want to speak about yeah, Jed Lowry? I do want to talk about Jed Lowry. Mm-hmm. I, I think he played like a grand total of two games as a Met in two seasons. But as a but as a member of the Oakland Athletics, he is leading the A's in RBI with twelve and OPS at point nine nine nine. So that's just awesome. Yeah. Oh, he's and doing... batting average with at three sixty. So that's just yeah. He's doing very awesome. good. He's doing very good. He's doing very good. Matt Olson once again doing great as well. Uh, followed by Kana. Yeah. He's been doing good too. The OPS leaders for that team. It's so far. It's been the usual suspects for the A's. Plus Jed Lowry. 
I'd yeah, say. I would Plus say Jed so. Lowry. <laughs> um, it doesn't look like Andrews, uh, Elvis Andrews is doing too hot yet. Uh, I know when you get a new, when you settle into a new team, it takes a while sometimes yeah. for people. Uh, their pitcher Petit has been pitching pretty well. Yeah, you Petit's been pretty good. He's like three zero with a, I think like a two point oh eight. And under ERA. one whip. Yeah. An under one whip is what I care more about when I think about pitchers. I look at whip first most of the time, mm. uh, just to see. Because, you know, walks and hits per inning pitch mm. is kind of important. Mm. I think it's more important than ERA sometimes. But, yeah, they've been doing pretty good. The Astros are not doing great. Oh, uh, they need help. They need help. I, I, it's not, it, they have, I think, five guys out right now on, on like, their COVID list. It's like a 10-day COVID list or something. They have, I think, Alvarez, Altuve, and Bregman. Are the are the really notable guys? All out with right COVID, uh, yeah. with contact tracing, yeah, and and yeah, I mean they got to be safe over there, and you know I guess they're not doing that, and it's kind of interesting because you look at uh, Texas as a state and how many fans they're letting into those stadiums. Oh, yeah, no, I mean no wonder. Like I, I I remember the Rangers home opener was like at capacity. Thirty eight thousand fans. Yeah, I just remember seeing that. I'm like, that's a freaking COVID nuke. It's absurd. Like, that's, that's, honestly, that should not be allowed right now. Like, what, and, what are they doing? Yeah, but for the team aspect, the Astros started the season very hot. I mean, they came out of the gates ready to hit the road running, yeah. but uh, after their Kind of rampage, rampage. Yeah, they started at the start. rampaging at the start. I think they've lost like some. I, they've lost like one, two, three, four, five, six, six in a row. Yeah. And they're playing the Mariners currently as we <laughs> record this podcast, <laughs> um, which they are beating the Mariners. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of like the AL West in a nutshell. I mean, Mike Trout's performing well. Otani's fun to watch. The the uh, Angels are doing okay. Yeah. Uh, they have a winning record to this point. But once again, they're pitching. That's that's going to be the question for them. Their offense has shown, though. Yeah, I, I think alive. the Angels at this rate are just thinking like, all right, so far so good. Let's right. cautious optimism. Jared Walsh has been steps. really good. Yeah. Jared Walsh has been very good. They figured out that even though it's kind of sad to sit <laughs> uh, bench Pujols in his yeah. final season, they figured out that Jared Walsh is... He's, Got, like, way better at this point. Yeah, and, and he's been clutch. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but yeah. I want to move over to the Central, because we did kind of skip over that yeah. really quick. Once again, teams that are just proving us wrong and just doing the opposite of what we said. The Royals are leading the American League Central. Yeah. What the heck? That whole division's just been really odd so far. I mean, the White Sox, are, the White Sox and Twins are tied for third, and they're, and they're both below five hundred. The Cleveland baseball team is 500. Like the Roy- I think the Royals are a pleasant surprise here. And then to, and the one thing that isn't really surprising is that the Tigers are in dead last. But none of this yeah. is gonna last. Yeah, this, except for the Tigers. This is this is the division I think we can look at with like the strange standings right now. And I think there's no way this lasts. This mm-hmm. is this is a, this is 100% a flash in the pan before the other shoe drops. True. I I agree with that. And yeah. I do want to talk about somebody on that Tigers team. Uh, a rookie yes. by the name of Akil Badu. What a story he is. He has been amazing, hasn't he? Oh my god, yeah. He, wasn't he like, didn't they acquire him in like the Rule 5 draft or something? The Tigers? Yeah, I yeah. think so. And and he has proven to be a great pickup for them. Yeah. Uh, from <laughs> clutch home runs and he's batting just below 300, but uh, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite rookies in the league at the moment. Yeah, he's been he. I, I think my favorite thing about him is just how great his story is, and, and like he's so much fun to watch at this point. I, I 
I think he's probably the best, like, completely out of the blue surprise of this year so far. Mm-hmm. And staying in the central and talking more about these players, Shane Bieber pitching well. I mean, that game yeah. where it was Lucas Giolito versus Shane Bieber, yeah. that was such a good That's game. Like, oh, yeah. Watching Bieber and uh, Giolito go at it is like watching a Packers and Chiefs game, watching Mahomes and Rodgers just throw out of this world dimes. Yeah, no, great, great competition, great pitchers. Um, one of my Cy Young picks, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the former Cy Young, just going at mm-hmm. it, and it's it's so exciting to watch kind of pitching duels like that. Oh yeah, pitching pitching duels like that are always super fun. But I do think, but I do want to talk about the a little bit more about the AL Central leading Kansas City Royals because why are they good? I don't why know are why they they're good? good. Why are they good? There's nothing really on paper that says they should be this good. I mean, their pitching has been all right to start their their batting hasn't really been anything special but like I, the only thing i can really think of is that the rest of the division has severely underperformed to this point like the twins and white Sox are both below 500 it's salvador perez and whit merrifield versus the rest of every single team <laughs> and i don't understand yeah. how this team is really even withstanding yeah, any of it just playing great right and they're playing okay good enough, i guess they're like one game above 500 yeah. and that's all it takes to lead this division at the moment <laughs> the royals are just like they're playing acceptable and in the al central i guess that's enough Mm-hmm. Like. Right, <laughs> and I wanna, I do yeah. wanna get back to the American League East before we move on to the Central, um, and talk about some of the players that we, because we didn't really talk about many of yeah. the players. We just talked about the teams that were and how they were performing. But the Red Sox with JD Martinez mm-hmm. and Verdugo are two guys that have been really leading this team, JD as Martinez. well as Xander Bogarts. Is J.D. Martinez an early AL MVP candidate? Well, he's, he's kind of been out. slowing down. He's been slowing down, but that three-home yeah. run game he had, Rafael Devers had five home runs mm. within a four-game span. So, I mean, the hitting has been electric Yeah, Alex Verdugo has really uh, heated up this past twin series. Uh, he was pretty good today against the White Sox. Like the, the like the Red Sox hitting has just exploded in this winning streak. I, it wasn't to be unexpected either because yeah. they led the MLB in so many different offensive categories last season. Yeah, I mean the pitching definitely has been the point of talking for them though uh, in terms of their success. But I do want to talk about a pitcher and a person that you had as your Cy Young yes. pick, Tyler, Tyler Glasnow. Glasnow. He has been outstanding so far. I think his. What what was his ERA? I want to say it was like something below one, but either way, he's just been fantastic so far for the Rays, and I feel vindicated so far. Hey, he makes good takes, apparently. <laughs> I feel vindicated. I have good takes. I think it was the only. It was one of the only uh, <laughs> dangerous takes that you made. Oh, risky come on. takes that you made the entire time we I did that episode. That was, well, I don't think that was the only one. What? Who did I have? Because I had Mike Trout as the MVP. Glasnow. You had a Randy Rosarena. I had a Rosarena as Rookie of the Year. I'm high. I'm still high on the Rays. I think they'll be fine. Oh. I always say that they'll be fine. Don't worry about them. Them and their <laughs> them and their stable. Them. But yeah. I do want to talk about uh, this uh, the Yankees because as we mentioned, they are doing bad, and the reason is because past Garrett Cole, and there's nothing really there for that pitching staff. Yeah. Uh, Corey Kluber has been yeah. terrible. Or, oh yeah, Kluber has been awful. I, I mean the Yankee. Who have the Yankees' opponents been open? Because I, I know they've had the Rays, the Blue Jays, the who, Blue Jays twice, yeah, the Blue Jays twice, the Rays. It's not like they've had the easiest opponents ever to open, but like that pitching staff. Uh, aside yeah, but from this Garrett was Cole, the te- this was the team good. that everybody expected to immediately yeah. 
be the uh, American League champion or the yeah. American I don't League know. East champion. I feel like so. watching the Yankees, looking at the Yankees, like there's always something that goes wrong at first, but it's always just a matter of time before the other shoe drops. And yeah, whether it's injuries again, or something like, like that. I mean, yeah. once again, baseball is a marathon and, and there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to pick it up and it's not yeah. going to last. But we can enjoy it as yeah, we can a enjoy, Red Sox yeah. and a Mets fan. We can enjoy it while it lasts. I'll I'll just enjoy watching the Yankees lose while it lasts. It's, <laughs> it's all good. And why don't we move over to that National League now <laughs> right. and talk about those Mets of yours. Ha ha ha! We had lost a, to the Colorado Rockies 7-2 to two today. They did lose That's and awesome. they've had more games canceled than they've had played. Yeah. Uh, well, now I guess they well, have made no. up games. Yeah, they made up, they made up the games to get over more games played than postponed today with the doubleheader against the Rockies. And I do want to talk, they almost wasted yet another Jacob deGrom start today. He had... He became, I think, the ninth pitcher in the history of the majors to strike out nine consecutive batters in one game. And up until the top of the seventh, they were down to the Colorado to the three and ten league worst Colorado Rockies. It's like I I mean, they did end up winning because of some clutch hitting from Jonathan Villar and uh Francisco Lindor. Why is this team cursed to squander most of Jacob deGrom's starts? And now that I think about it, maybe it's not maybe it's not the podcast that's has the bad luck. Maybe it's just you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's just, just me. I mean, you haven't cursed <laughs> Tyler Glass now yet, which no. is good to know. Yeah. It's good to know. I don't want to curse Tyler Glass now. <laughs> but the team that I that's most surprising to me when I look at that National League East is the Braves. They've I thought they were going to be so much better, but They're interesting. Cuz Ronald Acuña is I, your MVP pick has been awesome so far. He's playing on his own planet. Like it's just absurd. But I have the Braves good takes. are Tyler does have good takes, but the <laughs> Braves are sinking. They're a sinking ship right now. Um, I think it comes down to Max Freig and Mike Soroka both not being mm. able to be on that pitching staff at the moment. Uh, they aren't. Um, they're both injured, so they're missing two key pitchers, especially Max Freed. I yeah. mean, that guy's the race for to some people, and mm. and he's. If he's not there, I mean, it's going to have a major he's impact on yeah, him. Yeah, it, it's it's leaving like a black hole in the Braves rotation that they just can't fix. They're letting go like runs. I yeah. mean, the Marlins have been destroying them. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Like, I I remember the Nationals who had to wait extra long to start against the Braves. Like, they I remember the walk off once. I think once Soto had that walk off. Like, it's just the Braves have just been abysmal. Yeah, I mean, there's some definitely light. And once again, Acuna has been playing amazing. Um, but for the most part, I think, for the most part, yeah, I think that it's 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 definitely not the best situation down there in Atlanta. But things can always get better. Uh, they still are doing the selfie celebration. <laughs> I like to see that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really fun, That something that they do. Um, but I want to talk about those Marlins that have been kind of beating up those Braves. Um <laughs> And a person on that team oh. that has been surprising everybody, I think, is Jazz Chisholm Jr., Jazz right? Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, I love yeah. him. He's great. Uh, Definitely the highlight yeah. rookie right now in the National League. Yeah, Jazz Chisholm is one of my favorite young players. He's currently hitting great for the Marlins. He's got he's got three home runs and six RBI, but more impressively, he's got a batting average of two. He's he's hitting just under three hundred. And he's got an OPS of 1.111, which is just fantastic. You know, Jazz Chisholm has been hitting great, and I think it's part of just a bunch of these breakout rookies that we didn't expect to get into the season. Yeah. Um, I know 
uh, I don't know how K- Brian Hayes has been decent. I think uh, he's he's been good and and he was expected to be good. But I haven't Sixto Sanchez hasn't been able to play yet uh, this season. I hope that he'll get some time. But the Marlins yeah. in general have been performing yeah. well. Well, yeah, they've been performing well enough. They're an exciting young team. Uh, it's nice to see yeah. some of the fruits of your labor, right? Yeah, you know? I don't know if they're going to be good, super good yet, because um, they are because they're in they're at five hundred right now. They're third in the NL East, which I'd say is impressive, but it's kind of not because every team in the division they're tied is for second, kind of tripping over. They're themselves. tied for second. Yeah, they're tied for second with the Phillies, which is really interesting. I don't I don't think there was like no chance the Marlins wouldn't have been comp- wouldn't have wouldn't be competitive this year but I, I didn't think they'd be like keeping up with the rest of the division out of the gate right and we're only 14 games in for for most teams into the season so i mean it's very early it's it's kind of hard to kind of judge whether or not these things are going to hold or not i definitely don't believe the marlins are going to hold that third position yeah. down i the braves have to come up eventually in my opinion i mean they yeah. just have too much firepower yeah. To they, stay down there yeah, for too they long. They can't but. get kept down in the basement of this division for long. They, they're. I, I'm. I'm just worried about when there's going to be like this surge with the Braves. They're, I feel like eventually with the right opponents, they're just going to surge back into first place. And talking about a team that is on top, but is showing, proving us wrong. I guess I don't think we said anything negative in yeah. the sense about the Cincinnati Reds, who are yeah, leading the NL Central. Positive. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't say anything positive for sure because I know that they lost Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I mean, and initially, if you lose the Cy Young, you're probably not going to be better than you yeah. were before. Yeah, but I mean, here they... I mean, I, I think we both knew it would be a generally weak NL Central. And well, the Reds so far have capitalized. I mean, the Cardinals and Brewers have both been okay, but the Reds have been white hot recently. They're 7-1 about, at home. They're 7-1 at home, but they're 2-4 yeah. and four on the road, 6-4 yeah. and four in their last 10. Are they slowing down? Yeah, I think they're slowing, yeah, down, they're slowing a down a bit. Uh, but the offense has been the main talk for them. Nick Castellanos uh, not only getting uh, well suspended and then appealed, mm. but um, I mean being on fire for the <laughs> beginning of that season. Eugenio Suarez batting. Uh, you know, they just have some guys that are contributing and that's, that's the main factor for them. Yeah. I, I think with the Reds, it's, there, there are guys there that I, I think you didn't really expect to come out of the woodworks and contribute re- like this much this season. But I mean, here they are. Right. They're they are. The and they're one like, game, uh, above the, the team that is in second place, the Milwaukee Brewers, who were yeah. my, de- my pick for the central <laughs> and, they're doing pretty well too. They've had some great pitching performances from Woodruff, Corbin Brandon Burns. Woodruff, and um, and and Corbin Burns, and and those those guys. I knew about Woodruff because I think people yeah. sleep on Woodruff. I knew yeah. he was gonna be good. Yeah, Woodruff I didn't good. see Corbin Burns, but uh, exciting start for him. Uh, the team has just been pitching well. Devin Williams has not looked as well mm. or as great as as he was last season. Obviously, winning Rookie of the Year. But I'm sure he'll find it eventually and, yeah. and do better. I'm, I'm sure the Brewers will figure it out. I'm, the Brewers I mean, are in... I mean, they, no, they, they're, they're doing they, great. Yeah, they're, they're, they're shaping up. Eight and six, two games above 500, seven and three in their last 10. They had a rough yeah. start to their season, uh, but they're definitely figuring it out. And two more teams in this division I want to go over, obviously, is the Cardinals and the Cubs. Cubs are doing not too hot. I'm still sleeping. He's still sleeping still on sleeping. those Cubs offense. I have woken up. They are only, they are half a game above the Pirates. I'm still sleeping. 
and the Cardinals, of course. Uh, Nate, it was your pick, so <laughs> yeah. I'll let you speak on them. Yeah, the Cardinals are interesting. I don't. I th- I thought they'd be a little better than 500 to start, but honestly, this is par for the course for them. Their hitting has been fantastic. Yadier Molina has been a great, if old, pleasant surprise. He's hitting 340 with an OPS of 1.044, leading the team in home runs and RBIs with 4 and 12, respectively. Nolan Arenado's been pretty good so far with the Cardinals, hitting 291 with... Uh, 10 RBI, but uh, I think Paul Goldschmidt's been struggling a bit. He's He hasn't been amazing. He's hitting just above 250. But I, I think what, what's really the diagnosis here on why the Cardinals are sit, straddling 500 here is their pitching has just been decent. Like Jack Flaherty has, like the usual suspect, Jack Flaherty has been great. The, uh, what, what was his whip? It was like 1.04. Yeah. And hitters are hitting 185 against him. He's been great. But other than that, there's the pitching for the Cardinals leaves a bit to be desired. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that's where the problem is. But you mentioned Yadier Merlina, and he made history this year being uh, the only catcher to catch 2,000 games for Mm. the same team. Uh, Pretty impressive stuff from Yadier Merlina. Even at his age, he's still able to contribute at that Mm. level. Um, as well as you have a rookie like Dylan Carlson, who's also contributing. Another oh, yeah. outbreak rook, out, uh, yeah, outbreak rookie <laughs> that is contributing to his ball club in a way that I don't think many people saw. I definitely saw because um, I play a lot of out of the park baseball, and he does pretty good all the time. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've drafted him like once. Yeah, and he, he's yeah. an exciting player. I think he you can watch him for a long time, and I think he'll develop well. But we do have to move out to the NL West, and we have to talk about the team that won it all last year and are showing why they have the a good chance of winning <laughs> it all once again. Yeah, the good, Los good Angeles Dodgers, who are 12-2, and 9-1 in their last 10 games, and are just and are undefeated at home, by yeah, the way. They're, they're undefeated yeah. at home. This is, it's just, like, they're a machine at this point. They are the best baseball that money can buy. It's like, it's just... It's just crazy watching them work. I I, I, I I do think it's worth noting that their game against the Padres was an epic last night. It, I, it went, like here on the East Coast, it went to like, I want to say like 3 in the morning or something. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they're going to face each other 19 times this year and you're going to get 19 postseason-esque <laughs> yeah, games every single time that they play. It's the po- a great oh uh, experience and I, I suggest that if anybody has the ability to watch any of those games throughout the year, you know. Please do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You were, like, if you don't, you are missing out. Watching these two teams go at it is awesome. I can't wait for, like, October when we're going to, when we have the potential for a playoff, for an actual honest to God playoff series between the Padres and Dodgers. Oh, it's going to be, be amazing. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be crazy. <clears throat> the pitching matchups, if everybody stays healthy, are going to be. Great. I mean, the first three on both sides. Yeah, I mean, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, and Bauer. Trevor Bauer versus Chris Paddock, Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe, Joe Musgrove. Musgrove. I it's think like... Mo- I I push Paddock off a little bit to the <laughs> side in that conversation, yeah. but yeah, those guys are great. Uh, Denilson Lamette, if you really want to get oh, into it, yeah. and Dustin May, both of those guys have been doing good um, as well for them. Uh, I mean, how much can we talk about the Dodgers? Okay. We could go on and on and on about I mean, how great this team. Did we expect them to do any worse? No. Like this is... I expect them to be on the top of their division. <laughs> they were the first team in the American League to get ten wins, 
uh, or in the in MLB, not the American League. What am I talking about? In the MLB, MLB to get 10 wins. So very impressive stuff from them. The Padres as well have been performing pretty much just as well as we expected yeah. them to. I mean, <clears throat> once again, new players coming to new town and you're trying to fit in. And, and you, I, I, I didn't pains. have them winning the whole thing at first. So be, them being second in the division is pretty on par for them. Yeah, and they lost oh, Fernando yeah. Tatis for a little bit. Too. Yeah, but he's I think he came back last night. I think and, and he uh, had a home run. He had a home run, and I think this is uh, par for the course for the Padres at this point. I think they're still working out the growing pains with their new players. But once the Padres get everything going in motion with hopefully minimal injuries, they are going to be a force. Now, do you worry about uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for the rest of the year? Because that injury is a reoccurring yeah. injury uh, from what I've heard. I mean, if you're hurting yourself on a swing uh, every single time, uh, I would be very concerned. God, yeah. I'm that. That is the big question mark for me with the Padres. Like, if he can stay healthy, I'm sure it'll be, like, through, at least through the regular season, it will be smooth sailing for the Padres. But I, I do worry, especially because he's increasingly the face of baseball and just an injury that repeatedly will sideline him is just so uh, I think that he definitely I think the Padres the plan is he's definitely going to try to play out the rest of the season and then get surgery on his arm uh, in the offseason I think that's the best way to go about it until something more serious god forbid happens yeah I agree right and and, and he's a great player he's he's there's a lot of potential with him. The, Sky's the limit. Is the, is the limit with him. <laughs> and he's showing it every single time he goes out there and performs. The rest of the division is kind of playing out how we Not, expected I mean, it to. The Giants have been solid. They're 8-6. I mean, they're it's five they and get one to home. Ha- it's because yeah. they have to face the Rockies, who are <laughs> dog water. Yeah, they've faced the Rockies. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, the Rockies are a take that I have fortunately gotten right, but... That I, we that we have fortunately gotten right, but that wasn't hard. The Rockies are awful. They are bad. Well, they, they did are... beat you today uncalled, in one of the games. Uncalled for. And in the series um, now, isn't it? No, it's tied. Oh, that's the only Because okay. the game one got postponed. All right, right, that was right, part right, of the, right. Yeah, so now it's tied one to one. But uh, yeah, no, the Rockies have been awful. It's it, it, I, it, it's no surprise they're currently have sole possession of the worst record in the majors. They're not very good. There is nothing to write home about. There is one thing to write home yeah. about, and it is that the Colorado Rockies are going to be hosting the MLB All-Star game this oh year. God. That would be, that'll hopefully be one awesome home run derby. Oh my God. Altitude. Just home runs yeah. flying 500 footers, hopefully. Oh my God. Yes. That would be exciting to watch. Just and... like a le- home run derby for the ages. Yeah, I, I actually am very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, no surprise, it's in Colorado. Um, the only place that I thought it could have been in, besides a, a place like that, would be Texas. MLB just wants fans in the stadiums, and mm. they wanted to go to. Uh, I, I am actually surprised <laughs> they didn't go to Texas because they're allowing 100% yeah. capacity, which is why the World Series was in Texas because yeah, but, they allowed fans yeah. there. Well, yeah, um, but you also got to think about, like, because Texas has, like, no mask mandate, no COVID restrictions, which financially makes a lot of sense for the uh, MLB. But you also got to look at optics. Like, they like they pulled out, they, they pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta because of, uh, because of the politics surrounding Georgia right now. If they had put the All-Star game in Texas, that would not have looked great. 
Maybe, I suppose, but I think a lot of it came down to Colorado is also doing 50% capacity at the moment. That's true. And by July, I'm sure the MLB is looking to expand by then, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, whether, I don't know what ball clubs are going to be mandating at that point, but I think the, the trajectory and the plan for them is they are they want more fans in the stadiums regardless by that point, and they're hoping for that. So maybe Colorado will have like 75% anyways. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be enough fans in the stadium for the All-Star game in Colorado in July, whenever whenever it comes around, that it'll have a noticeable presence. Exactly, exactly. And I think that really does recap the MLB as a whole, um, yeah. what, what has happened in between the the last episode and when we're recording today and i'm once again i was really excited to get back in here and oh my god and yeah. talk baseball again so much happened over like the past week and a half that i wanted to talk about oh yeah there was one more thing i wanted to talk about go ahead it's yeah. about it's about the mets but it's just the as a fan i mean i'm happy for the mets to win but the conforto like elbow thing in that where he where they um walked off the marlins in the home opener with conforto sticking his elbow out of the pitch that's like Come on, man! The, like even the announce, even the announcers weren't happy about that one. Like I was live tweeting it. Like I guess we take those, but that's like it's it's kind of funny. It's it's reminiscent of like, do you remember when the when a Rod in the two thousand yeah the two thousand four ALCS like slapped the ball out of the do guy's I hand? remember yeah, when a Rod? You're asking do me. I, yeah, do you remember that? I couldn't recall <laughs> it if you asked me to. Uh, yeah. And you heard that, Michael Conforto. Nathan's calling you out, okay? It was not morally correct for the game of baseball, and he wants you to perform better for I want his you Mets to hit team. Better, Michael Conforto. Just, I'm, I'm letting you know if you're listening, if you're out there, you're still great. You're still great. Everyone has their moments, but please hit better. And with that, I want to thank everybody else for listening to this podcast. This. New and episode. Michael Conforto. And Michael Conforto. And Michael Conforto. We can thank Michael awesome. Conforto for listening to this episode of the Two Scene <laughs> Podcast. If you want to stay well informed about whatever is happening with the podcast, once again, you know, we did take this break because of an important COVID spike that happened on our campus. And to stay in the know about that, we had to, you know, tell our social medias. And if you want to stay updated on the podcast, follow us at the Two Scene Pod on Twitter. And also follow the podcast on Spotify. Therefore, you will be notified whenever a new episode is released. If you enjoy our personal takes, follow us on our own Twitters. I know I am much more active now than I've ever been on Twitter. Yes. It's an exciting Twitter time for baseball. Twitter fingers are hot. The Twitter, Twitter fingers, fingers are hot. Are hot. <laughs> and you can follow me on at Tyler underscore underscore Foy. And for Nate, you can follow him at Lannon underscore Nate. Yes, yes. follow me for sad Mets tweets. That's for a, that's sad Mets tweets. <laughs> and with that, I once again want to thank you guys all for listening to this episode of the Two Scene Podcast. And we look forward to seeing you guys next time on the next episode of the Two Scene Podcast. Yeah.